Hey guys, Jeremy Jensen here. This is episode 13 of the What Men Want podcast. And for those of you who've been waiting patiently on the edge of your seat, I have not published a new episode in about three months. I had knee surgery and shoulder surgery, and now I'm back. I'm ready to, I'm ready to get on the grind and get some new bachelors in the rotation so we can figure out what is it that men really want? So today, I've got uh, a referral from my friend Amber. His name is Lucas Chauvet. Nailed it. Nailed it. Excellent. <laughs> I practiced that before he got here. So Lucas is 39 years old, never married, no kids. He's in sales, in international sales, because apparently... The man speaks French, English, anything else? Je parle peu de français, c'est tout. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> That's not all you got. He's fluent in French. Uh, well, good. So, so curious, man. How do you know Amber? Yep. So Amber was uh, uh, my best friend or one of my best friends uh, down here in Houston was actually dating her. And I, I arrived around sort of right towards the end of 2019. Uh, and basically, you know, within three months, COVID had hit. So they had started to rekindle their relationship. Yeah, okay. The real cuffing season. It's called lockdown. Locked it down. <laughs> uh, then they started having problems. And I was like, but she's my only friend. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a bit of an awkward stage for uh, a few months after the fact where I'm like, hey, she's just a friend. We're going to hang out, like get, get to explore Houston a little bit in a safe way through yep. COVID. Um, but eventually, you know, worked out really well. Uh, my, my friend went back in a different direction, found another girl and, you know, Amber's doing just fine as well. So. Absolutely, man. Well, she's a beautiful young lady and, uh, no surprises here, but I met Amber on Instagram and invited her to one of my house parties and, uh, yeah, she's introduced me to a ton of people too. She's a real connector. You wouldn't Absolutely. necessarily think that a master's in social work uh, would be such a good people connector, but she's amazing. Shout out. Uh, incredibly well, high energy. She's just a, a ball full of, of joy. Absolutely. Well, good, man. I see. I, saw, I took a look at your LinkedIn before today, mm -hmm. and I saw that you were a corporate recruiter for 15 years before going into global sales. Why did you abandon the industry, man? Us recruiters need to know. Uh, it's a million-dollar question, but I think it's, uh, it all boils down to sort of the economy, right? Um, within the corporate world, you sort of see these feast and famine type of roles. And like, mm -hmm. you know, I came out of college right before the crash of 2008 mm -hmm. and then again in 2012. So there were you know, a lot of sort of times where I was making progress, but then having to take two steps back just because the yeah. job would disappear or the, mm -hmm. the restructuring. Um, and it was really kind of tough to get like recognition for what you're bringing to the table. Yep. Uh, and sales seemed like the natural jump from that where I mm -hmm. could still do the same high level work and actually get reward for it financially. That's good, man. Well, it's awesome to see that, uh, that you're in a career that you love and, uh, hopefully when COVID is lifted that you have an opportunity to globally travel as well. So fingers crossed. I, I definitely love to travel globally a lot and I've had to cancel my international plans twice now, oh. two years in running. So I'm hoping for the third time around would, would be the charm. Well, good, man. Well, I got to ask you because I ask everybody mm -hmm. 39, never married, no kids. Why are you single? Where are the red flags? Where are the oh, skeletons man. buried? How much time you got? Come on. We got, <laughs> we got 56 minutes left. Let's go. Let's hear it. Fair enough. So um, as to why I think uh, I'm single, it's a little bit of a multifaceted question, but you know, the first reason as 
to why the shift or why I've been single for this long is I think I had a very serious relationship in my early mid twenties yep. that absolutely blew up in my face. And mm. I had this idea of, I'm going to have the white picket fence, you know, the one girl family and everything by 25. And right around the time I hit 25 is when I was single. Yep. Uh, forced me to kind of reevaluate my life and what I was looking for in a relationship and sort of recognize where I'd made mistakes, where I was forcing things and where like things just didn't necessarily align. Uh, and from there, you know, I really made the conscious decision to say, you know, I'm going to try new things. I'm going to meet new people, but I'm only going to invest myself into relationships where I think that there's some real long-term potential there. Yeah. So yeah. I've limited myself to that where I've, I've gone more of the, the quality route rather than the quantity route. route. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was sort of the, the main reason as to why I've, I've been limited in that. But I think, you know, you look at a, a bunch of different factors. I mean, my own probably... I'm probably not the easiest person to get along with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very different. I'm very all over the place, very jack of all trades. I mm-hmm. like to try new things. I'm very adventurous. Um, but I also think that the way our society has been geared towards where we're headed, especially from the social media aspect, yep. you know, it's changed the dynamic of what a relationship is and what people want out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you take a look at any of the, the big social media sites, the online dating, you know, it's now that you have this aspect of like FOMO, that there's so many yep. options out there mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that you don't want to be limited or boxed into one particular thing. It's like going into an ice cream shop and there are 60 different flavors. Yeah. You just want a little taste of every one. You don't want to dedicate yourself to <laughs> So, I mean, I've been in some relationships, some that, that ended well, some that, that did not end so well. But, um, you know, I've, I've just really been very happy uh, being single and very independent and, and sort of lived my life. And I'm content in that space. So I've not ever needed someone to make mm-hmm. me happy. Mm-hmm. So it affords me the opportunity to kind of wait for someone that I think might add value and sort of peace to my life. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a great share. I mean, I call bullshit a little bit <laughs> because, uh, you know, 14 years, you know, since your last like real, Hey, I view this as a long-term serious committed marriage prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a long time. And I would imagine there are a lot of first dates in there. And so one of the things that I would encourage you is, Maybe just give some people a chance. Totally agree. Yeah. I, I'm not saying that that's... So the last actual relationship yeah. that I had was about four years ago. Okay. And even prior to that, ones that I would say were on like the verge of being a relationship. Yep. Uh-huh. Like, uh, one, the three, four month ones. The Okay. Uh-huh. Where it was probably about two years ago. And that ended simply because I moved to Houston yep. for a career. It mm-hmm. wasn't anything that mm-hmm. that person had done or uh, <laughs> you know, it wasn't like I've been single that whole time. Sure, sure. But that was sort of the, the key moment where I think I changed my mindset on Understood. what my relationship or like what I wanted from from no okay that that totally makes sense okay cool so you moved to Houston you're 37 years old at the time where does a guy move whenever he uh, moves to Houston from where where'd you move from so I moved from Philly born Philly in New York, okay but I, but I was in Philly for the past 12 years or so okay okay so where'd you move to what part of town do you live in so I live in Midtown now uh, I originally was right outside downtown in the Bayou yep yeah um, but now I live in Midtown and Midtown I think, huh you know, well you. It's not what you think it is. <laughs> He's at Wonder Bar every night taking his photos for the gram. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I, I mean, coming from the Northeast, yep. I like being sort of in the thick of things. Sure. And, and, you know, I like being the heart of a city. I like the, the convenience of it. You know, I can walk to work 
all those things sort of aligned from from mm-hmm. that perspective. Mm-hmm. It just so happened that those bars were in that area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was it was more a matter of, of convenience and sort of what I was used to more more than anything else. Sure, used to. So Philly, the the the, the walkable cities where you can go to the you know grab groceries, you can go to the park, you can hit the the bar scene. No, that Absolutely. totally makes sense. Okay, cool. Uh, so where do you like to go on a first date? Then let's say you do meet a girl. So when I meet a girl, I definitely want to, it, it depends, right? I try and read the vibe and see what that person might be into. I try not to be a little bit overbearing to say like, it's got to be one thing or another. Okay. I just want something that's going to be a little bit more personal and intimate. Right? Interesting. Okay. I like something that's one-on-one because, you know, I like having the hard conversations up front. I mm-hmm. hate going into a date saying like, you know, I'm going to put my best foot forward. I'm going to dress to the nines. I'm going to mm-hmm. make myself look like this and then answer a laundry list of questions that you're going to have for me. Yep. I wanted to make it a little more casual because I want to see who you are as a person. Sure. You know, I think it helps to, to really get a sense of, you know, let's have the, the weird conversations. Let's have the, the, the strange talks, but like, let's not necessarily go through the, you know, I'm trying to win you over, win your favor. Like, mm-hmm. let's see if this is actually a match. And where you so you're saying you're going into the strange talks on date one? You don't think that you're scaring people off? Or maybe is that what the intent is? I mean, that's the intent. Like, okay. You, you cut out sort of the, the filler or at least you know, the, the portions of the, the dates that don't necessarily make any sense or don't impact it, don't really have any bearing on it. Yep. Um, you know, it's not like I'm going in and, and grilling them with 50 questions of what their life is, but you know, you start from casual conversation and then see where it goes from there. Mm-hmm. Um, if you get into a difficult topic, it's, it's kind of fun to stir the pot. Mm-hmm. Well, so then tell me on these dates, mm-hmm. what would somebody bring up? And I want more than one example, okay. but what would somebody bring up that would be just a, like a complete hard pass for you? Oh God. Or is it their behavior? Are you looking for like their answers or are you looking for their behavior? It's a little bit of both, but I think okay. behavior in the first one, right? Okay. You know, if, if you're on your phone constantly, yep. um, if you can't hold a conversation, mm-hmm. if I'm just going through like trying to start something and you're just giving me one word answers, <laughs> yep. it's like, oh my God, what are we doing here? Sure. Like, why yeah. are we wasting each other's yeah. time? Um, an ability to have like some, some level of depth to a conversation, yep. be like, you know, what do you like to do? I don't know. I've got a dog, you know, like I like reality TV. Like I like the Kardashians. <laughs> it's like, you're not telling me anything about yourself. Sure. Yeah. Well, maybe she doesn't even know about herself. That could be one thing that maybe you could potentially dredge. Through asking the tough questions, you're right? You're wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. So, so I, I think it's every guy's dream is to like have a neighbor, right? Mm-hmm. That they that they have a thing with, right? Because of the convenience factor. Um, so probably about two months ago, um, through a friend of a friend, she introduced me. She introduced me to her friend, and then mm-hmm. after we went on the date, we realized that we lived two streets away from each other. So I live in Oak Forest, which is about a mile north of the Heights. Right. And really what it is, is it's like a residential neighborhood that's inside of the city, right? And so it's pretty rare to find a single woman, you know, that's under 70 years old that lives in my neighborhood. And so I was like, all right, this is a thing, right? I saw all the speed bumps, man. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but no, we went on a date and um, girl's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the the conversation just wasn't as engaging as I would expect in somebody that's a professional, um, that's, you know, had the life experiences, you know, similar to mine. She's gone through a divorce. And um, and so, you know, that probably contributed to why, you know, I never really asked her out again, even though 
you know, I would hope that she would still consider me a friend, but you're so, so right as far as like that engaging conversation. Um, and it's not necessarily equated to intelligence, I think. Sure. Because somebody could be nervous. Um, you know, she could have been high for, you know, for all I think, you know, or an introvert, right? So, uh, I mean, you went, you went against one of the cardinal rules, man. Uh oh. You, you, uh, you, you, sh- you know, part of my French, but you shat where you ate. You I know? did shat, well, I shat twice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But uh, but no, it's it, you know it's not weird. She hasn't come banging on my door or anything whenever she sees a small SUV Yet. parked in my driveway. Yeah, no. <laughs> Yet is the operative. Word exactly. There. All right. So on your phone, mm-hmm. lack of engagement. Tell me about a time where you've been on a date. Mm-hmm. That you were like super optimistic about, like you, you like whether it was like a dating profile or you guys had Facetimed or talked before, and then all of a sudden you took a complete one eighty. What did she do that made you just say, "I need to get the fuck out of here"? So I've got two stories here. One that's a little bit funny, one that's a little bit weird. Okay, we like funny and weird. We'll, we'll start with the funny one. Yep. Uh, so I was actually met this girl through a mutual friend in New York City and was visiting for the weekend, and she had come up with with myself and a bunch of friends. Uh, to the bar and you know this girl is intimidated I mean she's like very tall blonde 5'10 Ooh, like perfect proportions uh, so I'm, I'm batting outside of my league right you know I'm, yep. I, I'm, I'm swinging for the fences <laughs> and with me I have one of my friends who is incredibly funny like witty funny self-deprecating <laughs> hilarious sure. like and I've never asked him for help like I'm not a person who goes out and like I need help talking to, to, mm-hmm. to women but I was like I was a little bit nervous about this one. I was like, hey, man, like, I'm going to run to the bathroom for five minutes. Like, I need you to do me a solid here. Like, I've helped you out before. Like, you helped me, like, talk me up. Yeah. Make me look good. Absolutely. Make me, make me look, like, three points higher than, than 100%. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, yeah, man, I got you. I got you. Now, mind you, he's with his long-term girlfriend slash, I think they had just gotten engaged recently, if yep. you can say. This yep. gives you some context of the story. Mm-hmm. I go to the bathroom there for maybe two three minutes decide to come out i come out and it's she's gone she's she's disappeared yep. and they have like a look on their face like they've just seen a ghost oh shit okay and they go she just left yep i go what happened yeah like, that's totally okay because you're not embarrassed you didn't say anything, I didn't but say anything. what happened so i i I like I run out the door. I chase after this girl. What? And she is livid. She's like, "Your friend, dickhead! Like, uh-huh. f this guy! Like, I don't know what you want from this. Like, this is anything. Like, you know, I try to calm her down, but then she was just like, nah, I'm out of here. I can't do this.' Yep. And I'm thinking he said like one of the most like egregious things that you could possibly say to a woman. Yep. And I walk back in, and they're all looking at me like it's like the the complete and utter disbelief. Sure. As, like, what is just happening? Yes. And I'm like. What the hell did you do, man? Uh-huh. Like, what was your problem? And he looks at me and he goes, she brought up Game of Thrones. And this was, like, probably early on, like, season two, season yeah, three. Yeah, okay. You remember uh, King Joffrey? I never watched it, but okay. Oh, she would have canceled me, too, I guess. She I don't canceled know. canceled you immediately. <laughs> uh, this was back when the, the books were still ahead of where the series mm-hmm, was. Mm-hmm. And she's going on and on about it uh, and how much she hates his character yep. and everything. And then he turned around and says... Well, I've got some good news for you. Like, he's no longer going to be around. Oh! He dropped 
the spoiler and she went and she was pissed. she she got in his face and like yelled at his fiance she goes i don't know why you're marrying him he is a piece of shit you should break off the marriage right now because he spoiler alerted her oh my god about a television show sounds like you dodged a bullet with that one dude oh I mean, certainly it was, that was the case, but I mean, yeah, I, you're like, I still would have liked to take a couple of bullets from her for sure. For sure. But <laughs> I will tell you that story is, has gotten way more mileage like than yep. the other story would have where I like, I love that story now where it's like so funny. Like the next day we're still laughing hysterically. Like, yep. Hey man, like, do you want to, do you want to take me some more? You know, any other girls like you want to ruin the story for them? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was, it was a fun time. The other one was a little less fun. Um, where this was this girl who's incredibly well put together. Yep. Medical director in Philly, like at a younger age. Love it. Yeah. She's, so she's an MD then. She's got her shit together. Yeah, of she's course. Got everything yeah. going well. Uh, we go on a date. Everything's going smashing. Yep. You know, we get to this point where it's like, I've got to go to a party. This date was supposed to cut off early. Yep. She's liking it so much that she's like, all right, let's keep going. 100%. I'm like, sure. That's come a great on, sign. Come on through. Yes. Have a good time. So we go to the next bar. We're out there drinking. We're dancing. We're having a good time. I need to refresh my drink. Mm-hmm. Go to the bar. And, you know, as I leave her with my friends around on the dance floor, and as I'm getting a drink, I see this guy kind of walk up and aggressively start, like, dancing. Sure. Yeah. And she's a little bit too responsive to it. Yeah. Like I mean, it's a first receptive. date with you. It's a first date with you. She's feeling herself. She got all cute that night. Right. She shaved. So I'm, I'm sitting back there, I'm going, I'm reading the body language here, something seems off, I get my drink, I lean against the wall, I go, let me sit here for like two or three minutes and see how this plays oh, out. Oh, understood, okay. So I don't like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the jealous type. Of course not, especially on a first date. On a first date. Massive red flag if you would have went in and like cut in. Right. Excuse me, sir, she's with me. Pardon, pardon, <laughs> pardon me, sir. Do you want to go outside for a duel? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you're... So Slap you're, him in yeah. the face. Um, so... As as she's getting there, they're getting closer and closer. He goes in for the kiss. She responds, and they start making out. Boom! Dance floor. My friends are on the dance floor right next to her. They immediately turn, look for me, and they make eye contact. Yep. I'm against the wall, and I just sort of do like a little shrug, like, oh well, this yep. state's over. You were the one that you loosened the top on the pickle jar, and in. he was the one that opened it and got all the credit. But it gets better. Okay. So she. Not only she comes up after the fact, she tries to play it off that like. Oh, but all she did was kiss him. All she did was kiss him. They made out. Okay, they were made making out, out for okay. like a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. So she comes over and she's like trying. Oh, I've been looking everywhere for you. Love that. And I'm like, mm. I stick my hand out. I'm like, no, we're we're done. Like interesting. This, this date's done. That's not what I'm looking for. or Whatever. And that's that should have been the end of the story, right? Yeah. It's not. Go home. I leave early because we had a, a big day of, of drinking plan for the following day. Sure, yeah. She texts me the next day like nothing was wrong. Like, hey, I had a really good time. Wish I don't know why you got upset. Yeah, for sure. I'd love to see you again. I take the high road going like, hey, listen, I saw you making out with that guy for a few minutes. Like, that's just not what I'm looking for. That's not what I'm about. Yeah. Like, it was really nice meeting you, but I don't see it going anywhere. Sure, hours. 100%. Take the high road. 100% not, high not road. Burn yeah. She starts to gaslight me to go... Well, if you were a true friend, you would have come to check and see if I were okay. And that, like, I wasn't being taken advantage of. <laughs> and I'm saying yeah. there, like, mind blown, like, is this sure. girl serious right now? Yeah. Here's a person who leads a medical group within Philadelphia yep. telling me that I'm the, that I'm the jerk that, that basically, like, yep. let this happen. And, like, 
he was taking advantage of a situation. I, I literally was just like, I, I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. Like, I, so did you engage in healthy debate with her? Or did you just leave her on red? I, I kind of, a little, I get like once, once or twice back and forth. I'm like, ah, maybe should take some personal sure. responsibility here. Like I'm not going to walk in and go, excuse me. Are you guys having a good time? Am I interrupting anything? Yeah, like, yeah, do you want me to like yeah. step in here? But that was, uh, that was sort of the, the, the 180 that I was like, what the hell just happened? Dude, I've totally been there, man, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to share the details because <laughs> no. I know she listens, but uh, get in trouble. you know, it's one of those situations where, um, you know, it's like muscle memory, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, there are certain people that are so social and go out all the time and that are like um, very open to those types of environments where guys can come on and and engage very quickly and they quite often forget that they're on, you know, a date <laughs> where you've got to be on your best behavior for sure. But sure. no, it's good that you saw the red flag on the first date for sure. So um, I uh, I did a I did an Instagram post today. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to call her out. So my friend Alyssa is the one that texted me. And she basically said that um, she's gone on four dates with a guy. Okay. And she kind of likes him. Mm -hmm. And she's 24 years old. And she says, Jeremy, I don't know what's wrong with me. He has not closed the deal yet. And I'm Mm. dying. Like, I need it. Like, I've been keeping other guys at arm's length because I want this guy to, you know, be the one. Sure. And so she doesn't know if something's wrong with her. But he asked her out again. And she's like, look, like, I don't want to go out again and, like, you know, fucking be his friend. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to make sure that we, like, you know, consummate this thing, right? So I guess the question that I have is, how long should a girl expect right maybe I, I don't know like what is it second date third date fourth date is it mm-hmm. time like what is the expectation on when the expectation is for the guy to close the deal well well first off uh Alyssa, what is your problem no. you close <laughs> it yeah <laughs> no i mean it, you know yeah. sometimes guys are are definitely oblivious to a situation like okay. unless you specifically say like, I want to go home with you tonight. They're just going to take the high road and be like, I'm not going to pressure this. Okay. I like this girl. Especially in the whole Me Too environment, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And and justifiably so, right? Like, there's been a lot of guys who have taken advantage of bad situations. Absolutely. Um, so, but it, I mean, it's caused overreaction from, from people who wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. and have never been that type of person, but you know, they hear about these stories and they, you know, you worry about the, the misconception of mm-hmm. how that might be misinterpreted. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but to your point, I don't think there's a, a set period of time, right? I, I think it's about how quickly you establish a connection, you know, how deep it might be. Um, you know, what I would always suggest is don't use sex as a vehicle for reward or punishment. Okay. Because if you're doing that, that's how you form the basis of your relationship. And then that, that in turn can tend to build resentment if you continue to do something along those Mm -hmm. lines. I mean, I personally have been in relationships where we slept on the first night and I was head over heels for the girl and wanted to be with her. Yep. Uh, then there are times where, you know, I guess earlier on where I mm-hmm. had to like wait months and it Interesting. was excruciating. <laughs> um, but were you a celibate with other relationships too, whenever you attempted to make that work? Yeah, I, I am definitely 
the I I can't. That takes too much energy. It's like a second job to, okay. to date that many people. If I'm dating one person, it's like one person at a time. Sure, okay. And if I like that person, I feel like there might be something there. I'm going to explore it to either we get to the point of let's move forward or go we're too far apart. Yeah, not worth it. And Understood. Then, and then I start moving on. Sure, sure, that. okay. So that's that's generally been been my approach. I mean, obviously, you worry about again. I think you and I spoke a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Perception is reality. Mm-hmm. Is that you don't want to give it up too quickly but i don't think you should use it as a it has to be this amount of dates sure. or this, these amount of times or this amount of like length of time or if you do feel a certain way then you need to have the confidence to vocalize that to your partner as well yeah you know my expectation is xyz are you on board with that right absolutely it's yeah. like, again it's those hard conversations you know you you kind of equate to the the analogy of like what do you like on your pizza? Let's make sure we both like the same thing. Mm-hmm, you know, if, mm-hmm. we're, if we're going to be spending time together and doing stuff together, yep. you want to make sure that you're on the same page and that you, you know, one person doesn't want pepperoni, the other one person wants pineapple, and you get wow, this, <laughs> this clearly isn't going to work. Understood. Well, it's it's funny that that text came through today, and I posted on Instagram to my close friend stories, but uh, because last night I was uh, with a buddy of mine, we were at Drift. And, um, and we approached some girls, right. That were sitting there. And, and, uh, one of them was, was, uh, a girl that, uh, we communicate pretty regularly on Instagram, but I'd never met her before. And, um, we were flirting with them and, and, you know, it came up to where one of the girls was talking about a friend of hers Mm -hmm. who, uh, she thought was maybe a little promiscuous. Mm. Okay. And then I said, well, what is that? How do you quantify that? Right? Like, is it quantity of guys? Is it, does she put out too fast? Mm -hmm. And basically she alluded to the idea of the girl puts out too quickly. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I said, well, how long do you wait? And she said, oh, I make a guy take me out on dates for a month. Before I do anything. This is what she says, right? Yeah. And some girls have that rule. Some girls say, I've got the five date rule. You know, I've got a certain time frame, whatever it is. And she's just being so like, you know, stringent upon mm-hmm. saying like, this is my line in the sand. This is this is my boundary. It's a month. If you don't fuck with it, then you can self-select out. And the, her friend, the girl that I was talking to, I could see didn't really adopt the same, you know, logic. And so, like, I was kind of engaging in healthy debate with her. Sure. And then, remember, I had a buddy next to me. He goes, so what did you do before you sold insurance? And she goes, oh, I was a bartender. He goes, where were you a bartender? And she said the place. And he mm-hmm. goes, I call bullshit. Because I know you don't make everybody wait for a month. He had hooked up with her four months ago, just meeting her that one night yep. in the bar. Yep. And here she was, Miss High and Mighty, mm-hmm. saying, I make guys wait for a month. You should have seen her face whenever she looked at him <laughs> and realized that, hey, he's got a beard now. Yeah. There's a reason why I didn't recognize this you guy. Look, so, you look for yeah. me. Okay. Well, I think those things can all be subjective, right? I, you know, I think it's it's a matter of personal preference. But I think one of the 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 big challenges that we we face in the dating world is that, you know, your what you put on paper of what I want in a mate and what I do and what I expect versus what you actually do in reality tends That's to true. be pretty far. Yeah, apart. you're right. Absolutely. So you're saying, hey, look, if you want to like vocalize that this is my boundary and you want to set, wave that flag, that's perfectly okay. We're all humans. We can deviate a little bit. But as long as that's, 
you know, uh, the flag that you carry, that's perfectly okay. It's not necessarily being a hypocrite. hypocrite. Right. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Right? Okay. It's, it's what works for you. And I, I think yep. that communication in, in anything, right, is, is, is a big piece of it. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this. So if, let's say you have a girl, I don't know if it's a coworker or somebody mm-hmm. that knows you socially, if she has a crush on you, what's the best way to get your attention to where you notice? I mean, if you're talking about the, the tried and true, most effective way, it's, it's always going to be vocalize it. But I understand that, you know, you got to play a little bit of the game. Mm-hmm. I'd say one of the, the bigger dead giveaways is, is, you know, not only the flirtiness, but like the physical touch. I feel like once a girl starts to, you know, put her, yeah, her hand on you mm-hmm. or like on your knee or on your shoulder or something that just starts to engage to me, that shows some level of interest mm-hmm. um you know and, and we're not talking about like a, a slap or, or something where it's you know they're clearly like play fighting or you're, you know you're doing something yeah with- she's trying to show you something on her phone and she's got her phone in the left hand and her right hand is on your forearm or something 100%. like that yeah get real close 100 percent. no that's great um and so then how do you typically engage girls that you have interest in is it the same way it's, I, I think it's, it's a little bit all over the place. I think my, my, the best way that I've found, or at least the way that, I, that I've enjoyed the most is, is obviously getting like close to them and, and having a conversation. Yep. You know, I, I tried to keep it lighthearted, you know, obviously I, I always err to sort of like the, the humor side of things, but you know, does anything substantial come from that? Like, are you engaging with me? Like, do you have some level of interest here? Mm-hmm. You know, I look for some reciprocity or reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yep. Reciprocation. <laughs> I can speak words tonight. Yep. Um, but I think that... He's on his second high noon right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's about finding someone that, that is giving back what you're putting yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why I try and, you know, you start to test the waters in a way that is friendly with not some level of implication of like, I am trying to hit on you or trying to you know, make you uncomfortable sure. or be like, hey, let's go do shots like type of situation. <laughs> I um, love that you turned on your like New York accent whenever yeah. you said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my bro voice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's funny. So, so I typically meet girls on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, is, there a big, is there like a big dating scene on this? I guess. I don't know. Sliding those DMs? I don't know. I don't know, man. Sure. I feel so attacked right now. So that's typically where I meet girls, right? right. Um, but I took a look at your Instagram. Yeah. And this was the first time ever that I've seen somebody that follows zero pages. Yeah. Like not even a little brother or a fucking nephew. Right? What's going on with that? When you log into Instagram, what do you see? If you follow zero pages. I don't really log into Instagram all that much. Oh, okay. So You were responsive whenever I messaged you, but you were expecting me to reach out. But uh, that's my friends also messaged me through Instagram. Yeah, okay. So that's, that's, a, that's the one main reason that I end up using it half the time. Uh-huh. But, I mean, I grew up in the age of – I adopted technology incredibly early on. Like, yep. I had a Facebook account when it was the Facebook Dude, yeah. I saw, like, you have an Instagram post from 2012. I was like, I didn't even know it existed. Before, I was oh, like, was it? 2007. It was like, <laughs> sort of like the, the timeline that I that invented, yeah. like, where you required to have, like, a, a sure. school email address to get sure, a Facebook sure, sure. account. Uh, so I, I grew up through, through that and saw it. Um, and just, it got to be the point where it was, like, social media started to work from this sort of fun place to, like, everything is very curated. Everything's very managed. Mm-hmm. Everyone's sort of portraying an image. Or, you know, taking selfies and things along those sure. lines. I think part of it's probably my own ego and self-assurance that, like, 
I'm, I'm focused on my life and, and enjoy myself. I don't need to follow others. Love that. And the people that I, like, I care about, I reach out to and I talk to, like mm-hmm. over the phone or text, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. I stay in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but Instagram for me was a, bit of a, a little bit more of a side project in the sense of, let me find, because I'll, you know, if I travel or I'm going to do something, I take a ton of pictures. Yep. And if they're pictures of me, it's usually with me with friends. I don't do selfies. Mm-hmm. I, I hate sort of like... Like here I am, look at me type of type sure, of situation. Yeah. So the Instagram was a way to challenge myself to take the pictures that I had, find mm-hmm. sort of the best of the best, uh, and put it out there more for myself and, and like the, the small group of, of people who follow mm-hmm. me and just to it's more my memories and the way I sort of um, build my story of of you know, I wanna get to an age where like when I'm old and in my deathbed, yep. I have a book that's worth reading. You know? Yeah, like, absolutely. Not something like having to read it, but the proverbial book of, mm-hmm. of your life. Interesting. So it's funny that you say that you use it as a messenger, mm-hmm. but you don't utilize it in order to, I guess, follow other people's content, right? Correct. Um, so I actually use it as a messenger too. It's my preferred uh, mode of uh, messaging because whenever you text message someone, you have to kind of like save uh, some shorthand notes on like where you met them, right? So like I'll see my girlfriend's, uh, you know, uh, contacts where it's like Tommy, brown hair, hinge, you know, whatever. (laughs) But if you're on Instagram, you have photos of them, right? And so if you have, um, you know, a a visual, you know, memory, right? Then obviously you remember, you know, where you met them. So yeah, part of that is, I think is that, I, what I what I like about social media is that it's, it's easy to connect with people, but I also feel like you risk nothing. And it's, you know, if you see that girl that you like or you meet someone that you think you have a mutual, mutual interest with, it's easy to blast off a message. Yeah. That's, you know, it's from the safety of your own home. But I, I feel like I'm not risking anything. I'm yeah. not putting any skin in the game. Whereas, like, if I have to approach someone out in public or, you know, through a mutual group or a mutual friends, like, I have to approach them. I have to risk something. I have yep. to risk rejection. I have to risk, you know, some level of effort, um, you know, to, to try and get to know them. And, and, you know, it may or may not work out. And part of that was is that, you know, that was where I found more meaningful connections mm-hmm. versus, you know, just trying keeping up a conversation going. Like, what are you going to say? Hey, how was, how was your day? How's work? It's like, how many times have you heard that? No, but I'm going to defend it a little bit, right? Because I can develop a a relationship with somebody's persona through social media Mm. and even not engage on their content, right? If I know that I follow XYZ person and I see that she went to this restaurant last week or she traveled to this place or it was her birthday a couple of weeks ago and we've got this many mutual follows, you know, I can through social media develop the confidence to approach to approach her in real life sure right like you're saying to develop that connection and then there's already that element of familiarity right so so let me defend it by saying this Mm -hmm. you have like the most impersonal way is like a dating app because you're saying like hey these four photos and these 86 characters tell you tell you who i am so there's like the that's like the least personal. Then you've got social media, right? Because you're you're curating it and you're choosing what you want people to see. Mm-hmm. And then the most vulnerable and personal way is to actually press the flesh and say, right? Like my name is Lucas. I am in sales. 
I think you're hot, right? <laughs> right? And then, you know, work on their body cues and their, you know, uh, the energy that they're giving you in order to see if it develops further. Go ahead. But do you ever worry about that, that aspect of like, if it's so curated and then you meet the person that doesn't match up to what you were talking to or what you saw? So I look at stories. I don't actually look at feeds very much. Got it. And so I think what I'm really looking for is not necessarily like their physical appearance, but like what are they into, sure. right? Do they want to go to, um, you know, uh, do they travel? Do they go to high-end restaurants? Do they go to mm -hmm. festivals? Are they always with friends? Are they, uh, you know, always by themselves, right? There's a lot of different things that I can derive based on following somebody's uh, story narrative as opposed to just looking at their wall of nine photos. That makes and sense. And so that's what I follow, right? And, and to some extent, I think that some people follow the shit that I post too and develop a relationship with my narrative. And so um, I guess since you you have about 400 followers, then you follow zero. Mm -hmm. Weird. I mean, it's just, <laughs> that's a weird. The, people think that you're a fake person whenever, they get, whenever you follow them uh -huh. or whenever they see you. Uh, do you think that it's a turnoff if a girl has too many followers on Instagram? I don't think it's it's necessarily about the followers, right? Okay. It's, it's about um, oh, that's a good point. How that how that those interactions happen? Like, are you because I'm sure people are sliding to your DMs with probably inappropriate things to say. Maybe I mean it's I mean maybe maybe it's her business. Sure. Okay. And, and which which has happened because sure. I, I have a friend who dates you know a a person who's a physical trainer. Yep. And you know her business is derived from Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. And it, you know. It's just part of her job, but she's very professional about it. Like there are hours that like she will use it and not use it. Like I don't think it's the amount of followers, right? I think sure. it's it's how you it's how you interact with with those followers. Exactly. Does it consume your life? Is it something that? Uh, yeah. so if you and I are on a date, are you are you? Well, present? first of all, you and I would never be on a date. Well, I mean, listen, the night's young. Yeah, I mean, you're not blonde. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of dirty blonde, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I think you, you get what I'm saying here sure. is, that, is that in, in the moment, are you present and you know, yeah. how much do you enter? Like if it's, if it's a work thing, makes sense, but yeah. if you're entertaining sort of the prospects of other people at the same time, yeah. then I think it becomes a little bit more of an issue, but the followers themselves. Yeah. So I actually went on yeah, maybe three dates with a girl a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, the third date, I, I, I brought her out to a real nice Italian restaurant. We came back to my place, um, engaged in some pretty deep conversation. One of the best dates that I've ever had. And, um, then she was triggered by something and I don't want to go into too many details, but really what it all boiled down to was the number of notifications that I get on my Instagram. Mm. And, you know, she had enough self-awareness to tell me, you know, a couple of days later, whenever things started to kind of, you know, settle was like, hey, this is this triggered me from previous previous trauma and in, in my last relationship. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that you're an amazing person, but like, I don't like how much attention you get from sure. social media. Sure. And it's 100% self-induced, right? And I'm, I 100% recognize that because I regularly post. And if I didn't post, you know, to some extent, people would just forget that I existed, right? <laughs> uh, and so it can become very, very easy to turn it off, I think. But in that specific case, I think I lost somebody that could have been a great dating prospect mm -hmm. because I'm so participatory in social media. So we all need to be, myself included, a little bit more self-aware around what other people value and what they devalue whenever it comes to technology. Sure. 
So how do you try and overcome something like that? So in that specific situation, I think that's whenever we just both decided that it was just misaligned Mm. um, because uh, social media is a massive component of my life. I've got over 45,000 followers on LinkedIn. I regularly um, post content and I'm recognized by LinkedIn as being an influencer. Um, now that directly equates to the amount of new clients that I capture in my business, right? right? Part of your job. Exactly. And so for Instagram purposes, obviously I use it for social, uh, and then dating I divulged, right? But, mm-hmm. um, one of the, the things that was kind of a byproduct is, uh, about 25% of my company that, so we have 37 employees, right? About 25% of my company followed me on Instagram before they applied because they developed a relationship with the business persona, right? I'm not Gary V. I'm not, <laughs> you know, but people can see the success and they see how much pride in the awards that we had, that we win as a firm. Right. And so it does ultimately generate revenue for myself. So I mean, that's the thing It's you know, millennials yeah. and Gen Z are sort of changing the paradigm of like how you connect with individuals. Exactly. So. Yeah, and where they establish credibility and rapport too. You know, to say this woman had the audacity to tell me that you can't create real relationships from social media, and I said your name, right? Her yeah. name. I met you on Instagram. You're literally in my house. <laughs> like this is not a real relationship. And she's like, oh well, that doesn't count. Uh, so, anyways, uh, let me ask you this. Sure. I'm gonna like really like hard segue into this. Let's go. So let's say things do go well, mm-hmm. right? Just like that date that went really, really well until it did not. Sure. And you hook up with a girl. Mm-hmm. But let's say that after you hook up with her, and let's just, a lot of people have a different, you know, uh, meaning of the word hookup. For me, hookup means like home run, like all four bases. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it doesn't move further, right? Mm-hmm. Like after you hook up and it doesn't move further, what happens, right? I mean, tell me the scenario of maybe what, what or what, what did or what did not happen whenever that occurs. I, I'm going to tell you right now, this is not a, that interesting of a story, but I think one that is probably resonates with a lot of different people is that yeah. it's either the communication falls off to nothing or someone reaches out and like, you know, I would reach out to someone if I were interested in having another one and then oftentimes it get ghosted. You get ghosted? Oh, I've gotten ghosted. Absolutely. Okay, okay. Uh, and you get in that scenario situation and go, okay, well, I guess this person's not really into it. Like, initially, I get more upset by the fact of that they couldn't just say, hey, listen, you know, this wasn't a fit. Don't, don't want to do the same yeah. thing. Like, I'm an adult. I can take the, yeah. that criticisms and critiques and go, okay, fine. But I also understand that within the world of dating and social media – Guys don't just take no as an answer and we'll keep going, well, why not? Yeah, What's it's your ridiculous. problem? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's too much for me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I sort of just take it with a, a grain of salt. I, I try and at least from my perspective that if it's not there, I'm going to tell them. I'm not going to, to drag it out. I'm, you know, listen, I had a really wonderful time, but, you know, I just don't think this is a long-term fit. So, you mm-hmm. know, I know it probably sucks to hear. It's not. It's not yeah. Do you, do you go into details where it could potentially like hurt the other person's feelings or do you elect to reserve those details? I take the high road. I reserve them unless okay. they want it. Because Understood. sometimes people want the critique. Like, what did I do sure. wrong? What could I do, do better? What was it about my, my personality that, that you didn't align on? And if they want that, 
I'll give it to him. <laughs> as brutal mm-hmm. as it may be, I can mm-hmm. I will happily give that that detailed information. Yeah, but it's about the way that you deliver it too, to where it doesn't make you look like an asshole or right. a douchebag too, right? I yeah, mean, that's not the intent. So right? so I actually have a hypothesis. All right. So off of my post today about Alyssa saying, "Hey, this guy hasn't made a move after four dates, and he wants to go on a fifth. Like, what's the deal? Mama's got needs, right?" Uh, I, another one of my followers DM me, and she's a single mom. She lives in Michigan. And she told me of a similar experience. Um, then the guy ended up hooking up with her on the fifth date. Mm-hmm. And then, boom, ghosted. Like, mm. gone. She thought that it was incredible. She thought that they had chemistry. They were talking about making plans together and going on trips and X, Y, Z. And then all of a sudden, she doesn't know if she's blocked or what, but the gentleman is gone. And I had a hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Did you have something you want to share? No, I, I'm going to wait till you finish. So I had a time. hypothesis. Mm-hmm. And I don't think my listeners are going to be excited to hear this, but it's just a hypothesis. I think that this man knew three dates into it that he was not interested in her. Mm -hmm. But he maybe thought, I'm I'm invested XYZ from time and dinners and money and whatever. And the second that he got what he wanted in order to justify the expense, he bailed. Yep. And so it wasn't her. He knew that it was there. There was a misalignment or that he wasn't interested and that guys play this fucking game mm-hmm. to where they have an inability to cut their losses whenever they know that they don't have interest or feelings because they want to be able to tie the expense to something tangible. It's fucked up, dude. It's but I think guys do it. Well, I, and I don't, I think it's less of a hypothesis and, and more of a personality type that you'll find. And one of the things that I've, I've always tried to warn people about, especially when you come to online dating uh, and, and talking to, to random strangers, generally the person that puts in the most effort and is willing to jump through the most hurdles without, ha- without you having to do that much except for show up mm-hmm. are the ones that are doing this with that angle of, I just want to hit it and quit it. Interesting. I went, I went in and out, and they're successful because they know the approach. They know how to put the time in. They're still juggling however many other girls at the same time. Yep. You know, and if they're not even putting that much effort in, and go, oh my god, this guy's sending me a good morning text, mm-hmm. and always send me like, hey, how's your day, beautiful, and all these other mm-hmm. things. A man of value, a man that that values his time and values the the relationship of a potential suitor, mm-hmm. is not going to play those games. If I take you out on three or four dates and you keep you know, you're getting to the point of like, it's just resistance and, and like, I am doing most of the work. I'm doing all this. I'm cutting my losses. Yeah, of course. I don't, I don't care about. But you're probably going to have a conversation before you do it, right? Hey, I feel like oh, you're yeah, not yeah. really into me. 100%. You know, if that's the case, I'm a big boy. Let's have a conversation. But if you're not reciprocating in some yep. sense, and it doesn't necessarily have to be sex, right? No, of course. It's, it is about intimacy. It's about connection. Engagement. Like, that's engagement. the word. Yeah. And, if, and if you're not reciprocating that, a man of value is not going to stick around for that. The ones mm-hmm. that will are the ones that can grind this out. And just say, yep, sure. Yep. <laughs> yep. So get up and hit that hit that phone button and look at, you know, seven good morning texts. Yeah, copy and, say, copy and paste. Copy and paste. Oh, morning, gosh. But I find that happens a lot more often. It's why those those people that are the bars that are yep. like the, the good looking dudes that walk up to girls and mm-hmm. just don't seem to be bothered by rejection. Yep. 
are usually the ones that like it's because they know they're playing a numbers game. Yeah. And they know they, they stick around long enough, something's going to hit. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think that that's why, you know, girls have this reservation about sort of like the one month and, and you know, do I give this up or how long should I wait? Yeah. That's why I said it doesn't necessarily matter. It's about what's what's the effort that that person's putting in and what are you mm-hmm. putting back into this? No, I totally agree with you. And, and you know, you talk about those guys that are juggling the multiple girls I've uh, so, so I typically go out in the Heights mm-hmm. and I've got several close female friends um, that live in the Heights. And then obviously there's, you know, there's a finite of, uh, you know, high value single men that I respect that, that, you know, I know on a personal level, right. Just because right. you kind of want to know the competition, <laughs> but, uh, but it's so funny. A couple of weeks ago I was at bungalow for Sunday brunch and one of my friends had told me that she was actively hooking up with a guy and no less than two days before that, another one of my best friends told me that she just started dating this guy. Oh, wow. And so I'm probing, you know, oh, what's the timeline? What's this? What's this? And, you know, am I fucked up to the fact that I did not tell either friend about it? Because I feel like that's not my place, right? I mean, and it's going to make me look worse if I'm sitting here sabotaging this and they're going to think that maybe I've got an ulterior motive or whatever. And then it's going to damage my reputation with him. Sure. Right. And so what is your opinion on that? Well, you know, I think it's how well do you know that person and and how bothered would they, would they be? Right. If it's my really close friend, I am going to sit there and tell them like, Hey man, listen, like, we this girl's date. playing you, yeah. Or not just um, even saying like you know, hey, like you know, this is this is the snare and situation, like just just FYI. Yeah. If it's a mutual thing, it's like you know, or just a mutual acquaintance of some sort, it's mm-hmm. go. Not my place to say it. Yeah. Uh, not my not my place to sort of tank this. They'll figure this out on their own. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not something you want to necessarily interject because I mean, you do run the risk of that. Oh yeah. And I've had times where you know someone's told me that, and I've been mm-hmm. like, thanks for telling me. And then other times where like I've told friends, and they've been like. What the hell, man? Like, what, what, you know, why'd you have to tell me that? Wouldn't you want to know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm looking out for your best interests, but it's, you know, I'm not trying to make a decision for you. I'm educating you to the the knowledge that I have about the scenario situation because your feelings matter to me. Absolutely. Like, I wouldn't want to to hold this back and then you find out six months later and all of a sudden now you're angry at me because I didn't tell you. Mm, 100%. And that certainly happened to me before because I elected to withhold information. And so, fortunately, that young lady forgave me. But, man, I was in the penalty (laughs) box for a good five months. Well, good. So, do you think that you could ever be friends with a one-night stand? I could, but I would say it's rare, right? You know, there there are times, there have been a few times where – you know, I've, I've hit it off with someone, you know, we're, we're intellectually stimulated, we're having a great time, we're laughing, aligned on a lot of stuff. And then you get home uh, and, it, you know, things, one thing leads to another and you get to the bedroom uh, and things just end flat. Like just there's no sexual no chemistry. chemistry. Okay. Like either, you know, it's just your, your rhythms are com- completely off mm-hmm. or just things don't feel right. Or she's laying there. Oh, like that's a, a dead, thing. A dead fish. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, there, there's scenarios that, that you can see. And then. You know, if you can both be mature enough to say like, hey, listen, I like all these things, but I don't think we're, we're compatible. Sure. There are those instances where you can definitely still be friends. But I think it's, it's rare. I'd say more often than not, like you're going to eventually just sort of go different paths. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so in my specific situation, I, I've had those occurrences. Mm-hmm. And I've had an opportunity to remain friends because, again, we met on social media and there was that 
um, I guess pseudo friendship, right? You know, mm-hmm. for the six months that we mutually followed one another and engaged, and then there was an experience, and then obviously we hugged it out and said, "Hey, like we're this this was a one time thing," right? And so you can kind of go back to it, but I guess it's a lot different because, you know, we didn't put in the the three, the four, the five date effort, right? Where we were getting to know each other, and it was just more of a transactional experience. So, sure. Um, wow. Um, so do you think we've talked a lot about, um, sex partners, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that it's a thing for a woman to not have enough sex partners? Is that a red flag? God, God, no. I would say, I'd say <laughs> bring I'd me say. all the virgins. <laughs> <laughs> now, obviously, you don't want to, I mean, that's, that becomes a different experience. But yeah. I think it's, again, it falls to who is that person? Like who shows yeah. up? You know, is this someone who is coachable, who wants to like, let's explore bodies, let's find out what each other likes. Like, are we, are we working towards something rather than someone that is just like, I'm going to sit here and you do your thing. And you know, that's, that's it. Not, I'm not trying to learn anything. Yep. I think it's, it's all about the attitude that you bring to the bedroom. Um, and you know, especially if you like someone, like, why wouldn't you want to know how to please that person? Like, why wouldn't you want to know like where their spots are? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like, hey, listen, man, I, I get that you like to have your ear tickled, but you know, I'm not going to here judge you, but you know, you're going to find a girl that's going to tickle your ear. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a thing. I mean, f- just for, for the listeners. Yes. Every guy likes to have his ear tickled. Just so you know, and that's not a double entendre or a sexual innuendo. Uh, so I went on a date. With a girl who I met at Drift. Uh, this was probably like a month and a half ago. And I was with some coworkers and we were laughing it up. And there was a group of three girls behind us. Mm-hmm. And we were talking loud on purpose, right? And um, we ended up talking to these girls. And um, I got one of their numbers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, five foot ten, beautiful, professional. Um, you've got your MBA. She's got a master's degree, right? Which I think is a very favorable aspect of somebody's, you know, dating resume, not just their professional resume. But, uh, so we went to Postino Mm -hmm. on a Tuesday night, uh, did a, did a, did the second date right after, right? The, the, the two dates in one, that's always a mood for me. Sure. Uh, went to permission on white Oak and then she discloses to me and I don't think that it was bullshit. Mm -hmm. It could have been bullshit in order to just say that she wasn't interested, but she proceeds to tell me that she's a virgin. Oh. Yeah, like super Christian, um, saving herself for marriage, right? And you disclosed earlier that at a very young age, that was something that you thought you could commit to, right? Um, And for whatever reason, I told her that, you know, we should just be friends. And that was not something that I was on board with. And so I don't necessarily know if I would have had the self-awareness and humility to admit that before it actually occurred Mm -hmm. to say that I was going to write off a 32-year-old virgin. But I did. And I'm happy and grateful that she's still in my life today as a friend. But, you know, I don't – maybe it's a testament of me thinking that I'm a shitbag and that I'm just going to fuck her over. I don't know. (laughs) Or – Or – Or, and I apologize if she's listening – 
could she have been doing other things in the interim? Because, you know, sometimes when it comes to, when, like, you do it for religious purposes. Yeah, religious uh, purposes, for sure. There are other avenues that they travel uh, that they can take. So I don't d- deny that she probably is into other stuff. Sure. But, no. Yeah. But, like, be like, I don't need to be the guy be the guy peer pressuring her, though. Have you heard this thing about Mormons, though? Uh-oh. Oh, it's spectacular. Oh, my God, I've heard something about the it. soaking? Oh! <laughs> Were they, like, bounce in the bed? Yes. Oh, that's ridiculous. So, for, for those who I've don't heard have about the, it. The visual, it is, you know, you know, Mormons are strictly forbidden from having sex before so they you, get married. You, so you can't thrust. You can't thrust but what's called soaking. So the, the female sits on top of the, the male's counterpart, and then they have either friends under the bed <laughs> pushing it. So they're not moving. They're like stiff as a board. But it, it gets around. It's the shortcut. It's ridiculous. It's the shortcut where it's like, in the eyes of the Lord, this is In the okay. eyes of the Lord, this is okay. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. So that leads me to things that are super, super important for me. And I've mm-hmm. talked about this on previous episodes, right? That you've got to have an aligned mission, vision, and values. And so right. obviously for her, this beautiful woman... Um, faith and Christianity were two of her massive core values. Right. Have you ever put thought into maybe what some of your core values are? Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's more about personality traits uh, than than anything else. So, I mean, that's hence what core values are. But I think you know, when you when evaluating a relationship, you look at a whole kit and caboodle of things. Well, but, let's hear them. So I think, you know, you start with some of the, the aspects of communication. So okay. open, honest, communicate, empathetic. Imp- okay. So those things. But I also, you know, you want someone who's intelligent, has a sense of humor, uh, has a sense of adventure, you know, is looking to kind of make the, the most out of life. For me, uh, and not maybe necessarily a core value, but I think, you know, in my heart of hearts, I think I probably would want a family. So I know that in this day and age, you know, you're finding more and more people that are sort of opting out from, yep. from those aspects mm-hmm. who go, I don't want to have a child. Or maybe they want to get with a guy that's already got three kids, hey. and so they don't need to birth any. You don't have to do any <laughs> You get all to do the fun, all the fun shit, yeah, but the go fun ahead. Stuff, yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to see them 24-7. It's great. You, mm-hmm. know, you, get, you get a little bit of a reprieve. Yeah, but anyways, go on. No, but... I mean, that, was this, a, that was a plug for me. <laughs> it's me. I'm bitches. Go ahead. Hey, Jer- Jeremy is free. He would like to meet some young single ladies. Anyone knows? <laughs> Anyways. No. Um, but, I mean, those those are the core traits, right? And I think uh, everything else builds around that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think those, you know, someone who has some, some drive in life but also has some well-roundedness to them but mm-hmm. also, like, the, the empathy part of it. Because I, I think that in, in this day and age we tend to sort of close ourselves off very easily and put our walls up that to find someone that, that can be – empathetic and put themselves out there is, is obviously hard as well because I mean you're basically leaving yourself open to, to being vulnerable mm-hmm. and, and potential hurt which is you know not something someone wants to deal with especially when you have 60 other options on your phone just waiting for you to mm-hmm. hit, hit the reply button mm-hmm. well man that's good thank you for sharing that so you've given a lot of insight into her characteristics mm-hmm. and um, do you have a specific type with regards to physical appearance or let's talk about that yeah so I you know, I think looks are obviously the first and foremost, one of the most important things, okay. but it's, it's not the, the amount of percentage of importance that it is, is so small. It's, I would equate it to say like, it's how you start your car. It doesn't get you out of the driveway. It doesn't get you out of the highway. Okay. It doesn't do any of the other But it pieces. needs to start. It needs to start. Understood. You okay. have to have sort of that, that attraction to them. And I think, 
you know, for me, I want someone that is, you know, takes care of themselves both physically and mentally. And I don't mm-hmm. think that the two are mutually exclusive. Understood. You know, it's kind of been shown that that physical health and mental health t- tend to tie together. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's no particular type, so to speak. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've dated girls that have been like 5'1", petite, like 110 10 pounds soaking wet. Mm-hmm. And girls that have been like 5'7", 5'8", 140, 150 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, I, I want someone that, that's bigger that I'd be opposed to it. But like... You think 140 is bigger? No, I, I can't hold, I am terrible at guessing numbers here. We're gonna say they have some more meat on their body. Sure, okay. Um, it's you know it's, again. <laughs> I know I'm digging myself. In yeah, exactly. I'm never gonna get. Yeah. Um, but no, I think you know again it, it comes back to the physical yeah. attractiveness and. Um, sure. You know, there's there's no one particular type. You know, I've I've dated girls from different backgrounds, yeah. and different ethnicities. Um, you know, you can certainly say like, "Hey, what's your perfect girl?" I can sit there and go, "Anna de Armas." You know, I don't know if you did. No, no star. idea. No. Oh my god, we'll, we'll Google after this. And like, I'll go like, "Hey, that's perfection." Yeah. But but perfection for me is my, yeah, yeah. does does your interior beauty mat, match your exterior beauty? Like, sure. it's it's about the whole thing. Like, yes, looks matter, mm-hmm. but they matter as far as getting you in the door. They don't get you anything else. So that's you start with it, but everything else builds on. No, I totally agree, man. Well, good. Well, dude, it was awesome to get to know you tonight. Thank uh, you for the we, we, we'd only met an hour ago, 58 minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah. Um, and so I definitely am grateful to Amber for making the introduction. But how, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how can they? Is it Instagram or? I mean, if I still have the Instagram. Yeah. I mean, if you want, my, my Facebook is still active that I, I, I periodically check yep. just to make sure I'm, I'm wishing people happy birthday and, and making yeah. sure that. So how do they get a hold of you then? What do you prefer? Uh, either or. So I, I think Facebook will probably be a little bit easier because it's a very unique name. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think that the, the Facebook is Lucas Chauvet. And then I think my Instagram is, uh, it's like mistakes underscore were made, all one word. Mistakes were made or find them on Facebook, Lucas, L-U-C-A-S, Chauvet, C-H-A-U-V-E-T. Anyways, had a fun time. Absolutely. It was a blast. Great to get to know you. Thank you. And uh, let's wind it down. Have a good night. You as well. See ya.